0: I keep drinking water. I just I just brushed my teeth and I like so I still got toothpaste.
1: Hmm. I just made a quiche. I have what? dough dough crusty things on me, I
0: think. We had chicken fried chicken for dinner. What is which chicken is, fried chicken? I, is it just well, fried chicken? Yeah basically. <laughs> like,
1: oh, okay. It's just like a fancy name for fried chicken. Well, chicken
0: okay. frying is a method because you can have chicken fried steak and chicken fried pork.
1: Right, but I thought it just meant that you were ch- frying a steak like you would fry a chicken. Yeah,
0: but when you apply it to chicken, it's called chicken fried chicken.
1: Oh, had no idea. According to I my blue Learned apron something. box. <laughs> oh, that's what you're doing. Yeah. That's what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Isn't it wonderful?
1: I love it. It's the
0: best. We get three meals a week. That's what we do. It takes care of us so well.
1: Yeah. We <clears throat> this is our second week, and I made the mistake of getting all vegetarian meals two weeks in a row. I, know. I really want some meat.
0: Yeah, don't do that. They have great meat like healthy meat options.
1: Yeah, I know. I just <clears throat> I didn't realize I was doing it when I was choosing. I just didn't notice that they didn't have meat in them, kind of. I was like, Oh, that looks good.
0: You missed out on some awesome burgers.
1: That's okay. I had some good things.
0: Oh, I'm I had sure some you things did, yeah.
1: I can't pronounce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, I didn't know this was a vegetable. Yeah, It looks a lot like this other kind of vegetable. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's, that's exactly what it's been. It's been like, oh, look, collard greens. Oh, look, Swiss chard. Oh, look, spinach. It's all the same. All I don't know what any of this is. Green
0: leafy stuff.
1: Yeah, it's going to be, it's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, anyway. Let's do this. Alright. Uh this is a
1: podcast about blue Well they should be sponsors. We need to get on that. This gaming podcast brought to you by Blue Apron. Enter the promo code Nonsense to get forty percent off. All of for your... that.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna contact them. <laughs> Mainly so that I can use our offer code to get ten percent <laughs> off my next order. We could be sponsored by Audacity. Oh, no yeah audacity would work um audible <laughs> or yeah uh that mattress one who's the mattress people
1: <laughs> how about the sn- their snack ones
0: oh yeah their snacky um, ones Bir- no not birch box that's the makeup one um nature box nature boxes nature box yeah that's
1: the one mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we ne- we need to get on the uh ads train
0: This episode is brought to you by our bank accounts because (laughs) we do everything out of pocket.
1: My sanity. That's what this (laughs) podcast is brought to you by. This
0: podcast is brought to you by my free time. (laughs) This is where I spend it. Yep. Feel free to contribute.
1: I wish people could contribute more time. That'd be great.
0: That'd be better than Patreon.
1: Okay. (laughs) We should maybe.
0: All right. All right. As
1: fun as this is. Talk about board games.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. This is episode 42. My name is Matt, and joining me on the cast today is my one and only co-host, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. You're my, you're my one and only podcaster, Tiff.
1: I'm the best. It's good. <laughs> you got the good one.
0: Uh, so welcome, everyone. If you would ever like to reach out to us, you can do so by finding us on Facebook at The League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. You can head over to YouTube and check out our live episodes and some of Tiff's wonderful uh, board gaming segments about starting board game clubs. And you can check us out on BGG Guild number 2077, join the conversation or find us on places like Twitter and Instagram. Today's show, like I said, is just Tiff and I. We're we're doing it we're doing a duet as Dan is out and about designing board games for Unpub 6, which hopefully we'll have some news for on the next episode. Uh, But Tiff and I are going to do some fun stuff. We've got our top of the stack for April, as well as our review of March. Then we're going to talk about our top two-player games, which just seemed appropriate, right? Yes. But before we get into any of that, we're going to talk a little bit about what Tiff has been playing. That's all. Not what we have been playing. This is just going to be 20 minutes of... Tiff making up for six months of not gaming.
1: <laughs> it has not been six months. It's probably been one month, though. Um,
0: you played so many games.
1: Yeah, well, that's your Panericon. It, the problem with last month is that we skipped Panericon. Yeah. And if I don't have that, I don't get big games played. I get the board game club stuff every week, usually. And uh, I have at least one night a week where I generally game, but I just didn't get a chance this last month. So... <laughs> Um yeah, I had I had Panericon and I finally got to play Patch History. It was on the top of the stack a long time ago and it kind of just ended up on the bottom of the stack again. And uh so we tried that out. It was when I was going through my Civ game. Uh
0: We still haven't played Patch H- History.
1: Yes, I beat you.
0: <laughs> I got it for day in two Christmases ago.
1: I feel so good about this. You have not done well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I went through that whole Civ game phase where I, I collected every Civ game possible that wasn't six hours long. And I like it. I like it a lot, actually. It's pretty neat because... So you start out and it kind of has a drafting mechanic where you are drafting these different tiles. You're bidding on them? Is that what you would call it? You um Yeah, you are. You're bidding on them. You're putting money down and you're saying, like, I'm going to take this tile. And then the next person goes and says... And they can either put money on a different tile or they can outbid you for the one that you want. And it goes around like that until you all have your own separate tile. So it can go on for a while and you can waste a lot of money that way. But uh, in our game, that didn't happen quite so often. In any case, you get your tile Or your, it's a really flimsy card, actually, (laughs) really flimsy square card. And you you put it down. They have different kinds of um, buildings on them that give you all the attributes of your civilization. So you have, you know, your different your culture, your politics, your economy, things that are giving you money, things that are giving you, you know, your military, your fighting strength. So it's Every tile that you have exposed there is kind of upping your stats and you have workers that you put on them to activate each little area of your tile or your card. And uh, you only have a certain amount of those and throughout the game you can move them to the different patches as you put on all these different cards i think you play three three rounds of it so you do do three rounds of that sort of drafting moving your guys around and you're literally making this quilt of a civilization because you're overlapping your cards some of them are broken up into four some of them aren't some of them are broken up different ways so you have to really figure it out because each round you only have um a certain amount a certain size that you can be it starts like four by four then in the next round you have five by five and then or something like that it's just, It just increases by one size of your grid each time so it's really tricky plant i was t- i'm terrible with spatial awareness so it was really tricky planning out where am i going to put all my guys Hmm. And uh, or where am I going to put all of my terrains? And I ended up with a lot of leaders in mind. there are there are wonders and there are leaders that you can put in. and I kept in the bidding. I don't like bidding. <laughs> so I kept kind of I kept on giving up sort of, and I ended up with all of these leader guys in my thing um my, in my tableau and you pay them kind of at the end of the eras or whatever so they get kind of expensive but they give pretty good benefits anyway that sounded confusing i'm sure but you should check out <laughs> patch history because it's a really weird cool implementation for a civ game and our game took kind of a long time because it was a first play and like i said at the beginning all Three of us were kind of like, oh, I have no idea how this goes, but I think we did pretty well, and I think it, it went it went well.
0: Well, that's what I was gonna I ask you it. is how how do you handle the weight and the time? Because from what I remember, this is supposed to be like a pretty chunky game. It goes about two hours on the box time, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, the box time is not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it maybe went a little over two hours. I can play two hour games just fine if I'm engaged in the experience. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say it's been over a week since I played it so I'm sure I explained some things wrong when I just rambled about it for 10 minutes so don't like email me and tell me what I got wrong <laughs> I get it it was a long time ago and it's all a blur cuz I've played so many other games since then but I'd recommend it
0: Okay well I, I was going to use that explanation instead of reading the rule book so how far will that get me
1: That's going to get you nowhere no, sir
0: I was just going to play with the cards and just put them in Piles of four by four and five by five. I'm telling you guys, this is how Tiff explained it. This is what we're supposed to do.
1: Oh, I I could do a better explanation, but it's okay. Just look at the board game geek description. If you're interested in Civ games, I think anyone that likes Civ games should check this one out. The only complaint I have is the card quality is crap.
0: Did they bow and and oh, curl while you were playing?
1: Painfully. Really? So. It was awful. Now, this wasn't my copy, I should mention. This was Kopak's copy. He got that completely separate from me. I had no idea he had it and he brought it. And I was like, yes, let's play this. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's really good. I feel like I might like it better than I liked Nations. And I liked Nations a lot.
0: Oh, interesting. I haven't heard those two compared a lot. Because Patch no, History is just Civ such games. a weird game.
1: It's a weird game. Yeah. But it I mean, it really what I liked about it is you get the satisfaction of seeing your empire build out in front of you. The spatial kind of planning of it I'm not so good at. Yeah. But I, I liked moving my workers to the different places and sort of, oh, I need a certain amount of money to pay off my heroes, leaders, heroes, one of those two things. And and just planning out how the end of the round was gonna work each time. There are there are a whole bunch of different actions that I didn't explain that I won't explain, but you have to have a certain amount of politics to do your actions, and it it's just like very it worked well in my mind because it's kind of like mathematical, and I like the way the strategy worked for it. So cool, it was good. Yeah, yeah. What are you playing?
0: So I got to play Chinatown, and I've been wanting yeah. to want to talk about this, want to play this. Have you played this yet, Tiff?
1: Yeah, I own it.
0: Yeah? Are you a fan?
1: Um, weirdly, yes. Yeah,
0: okay. So I was not expecting you to say that, so we can chat about this. Um. So Chinatown is a game that I got in a trade. I got the old, It's. I think it was like 96, 97 version. No, that's, maybe that's too old. I got an old version of Chinatown for my tiny epic galaxies.
1: Is it in a giant box? Yeah, it's in though? a really big
0: box. The new box is very compact. Um, It doesn't need to be in a giant box, but I got like this big unopened box for my little tiny, tiny Epic Galaxy. So I was really happy with it. And this is a super open negotiation game. Uh, I've compared it to Lords of Vegas most kind of readily because much like Lords of Vegas is about kind of building casinos on the strip. This is about building stereotypically Asian establishments, I should say, like you're you're building Chinatown in New York I guess but it's like you're building dim sum restaurants and laundries and fish stores although I don't know the the old stereotype about Asian people selling fish so but anyway what you're trying to do in the actual game is you get a random assortment of lots in Chinatown and then you gather tiles which are um, components pieces of these restaurant chains and and different uh, commercial chains, and that's basically the only rules to the game is when to draw tiles and things like that. What happens after that is a free-for-all of buying and selling plots, buying and selling the establishments, and trying to build the biggest kind of chains that you can. Um, Each one has a limit, you know, three tiles, four tiles, five tiles, all the way up to six. But um, within those, those will pay out depending on if you finish the business, if you link them together, if they're next to certain things. So wide open, though, in terms of I need something, I can't draw it randomly out of the bag. That means I got to go buy it from someone. I got to find someone who has it and who needs it. So I really liked this game. I was all for it. I was excited for it. I don't know. I think Kel liked it. I think Ben liked it. Dan was the one who was a little wishy-washy on it. I think for him... And I'm summarizing his thoughts so he can defend himself on another episode. You know, for him, his very valid complaint was, I I can't get the things that I need. I can't draw them. I can't get them out of the bag randomly. And that's technically true. You are dealt everything randomly. You're not going to be handed anything. But the point of the it's game... kind of the whole point. The point of the game, like you just said, the whole point of the game is to negotiate and haggle and fight for the things that you need and work out three-way math trades For you give me this and I'll give him this and he'll give you that. Like, it's just super social negotiation, which I think is great. And I don't know that that's Dan's strong suit. So it makes perfect sense that he wasn't really into it. But he does like Lords of Vegas, yeah. so I thought it would be okay.
1: I haven't played Lords of Vegas, but I do own Chinatown. I discovered it uh, a couple origins back. Ben Pinchback was super excited about it, and he had bought the copy of the reprint the, that year. Mm-hmm. And I, he actually let me punch his copy. Ooh. And I, <laughs> hey, and I, um, I played it with people who typically would never play a game like this. Going into it, none of us knew what it was. And so we just read the rules and we're like, oh, it's a huge open negotiation game. And these are the type of people that are playing like super dry two and a half our solo euro type things <laughs> and we are all trying to like talk to each other and talk each other out of things and talk each other into things and it was really awkward at first but I had fun I really did I think this is one of those instances where I played a social game with the right group for me
0: good for you Tiff
1: yeah I know
0: I think uh... It's a lot of fun. I think that it, it is very group-dependent, though, like you say. it's. I think that the group that we had was perfectly fine. I don't know that Dan was feeling the game. I think that if Dan got together with you and Ben and Matt and, you know, if, if we were at Origins or a con and they broke this out, he'd have fun playing with them. He doesn't like us too much, so whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know... This is
1: one of those games where you just kind of have to let go a little bit yeah. if you're if you're one of those people like me. And And I was able to, so... There
0: you go. Well, that's good. I'm glad it was positive. It went better than Spyfall.
1: Yes. Well, Spyfall <laughs> has like a, a lying slash yeah, improvisation sort of element that I can't handle.
0: Well, this has a this real- This is just maths. You, well, you can schmooze a little bit. Turn on yeah, the charm. Well,
1: Tiff. I'm real cute, so that works <laughs> in my advantage.
0: Sure, Tiff. I'll give you that laundry. You can have it. You can have the fish. Store. I just
1: bat. I bat my eyes yeah, a lot. Yeah. And, like touch touch my hair a You're lot. You're a pro Chinatown Draw attention. Player. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Chinatown's a big hit. A lot of fun. You can only play it with minimum three, which is you know one of the downsides. But I don't know why you'd want a two-player negotiation game anyway. So not really a downside. So it was a good one. So let's move on. What else have you been playing, Tiff? Give me something good.
1: Um, did I tell you guys that I bought Carcassonne Gold Rush like immediately after talking about it on the podcast? You
0: said you were thinking about it cuz it fits your Is it still your theme of the day? Are you still feeling Wild West?
1: I'm still real hooked on Wild West. Okay. <laughs> um, I uh <laughs> Yeah, I went out. I I was at the game store. You know, I stopped by. I don't always buy games anymore, but I stop by every couple of weeks just to check see what's new. And I saw it on the shelf and I was just like, you know what? It's not that expensive. I'm playing a lot of Carcassonne right now and I'm in the mood for That kind of thing. So I bought it and I played it with the board game club kids. So uh, it went over really well with them. I I like these variations on Carcassonne because, you know, Carcassonne in itself, I think is a fun and clever game and it was one of the first games I ever played and I was super addicted to it to the point where I literally bought every expansion, even the dumb ones looking at you, Catapult. (laughs)
0: Hey, hey, hey.
1: I would like to hear from people who have actually played with that catapult. No one I just likes the catapult. It. I want to know someone that's like, yeah, the catapult. That's what it's all about. I think that, that it is worthwhile to try the expansions and the different versions. Like, I really like Hunters and Gatherers. I think I've talked about that one before. It's not that much different from the original. And this one, uh, Carcassonne Gold Rush, isn't that much different from the original. You have uh, Cities. But the thing about them is that you have to, f- they have railroad tracks going out of each side of the city. Mm-hmm. So, in order to complete the city, you have to have railroad tracks going out uh, of, of each side of it. Okay. And you have to complete them. They have to end, I think. And uh, the railroad tracks are a little bit different. They score a lot like roads, but if you have an eng- uh, train on them, then they score double. Okay. But if you get two trains on them, not so much. So there's like some screwage action in there. If you see someone that's like about to complete a railroad and you can stick another train on it and prevent them from scoring double.
0: So you don't split like normal? Mm-mm. Okay.
1: In fact, I think most of the things are one person gets it, you know, whoever gets there first. And there are mountains... There's a mining aspect that they added into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can claim a mountain and mountains give you points, but you can also put your tent on a mountain. So you can claim a mountain with a meeple, or you can put a tent on it. And what that allows you to do is there are these mining tokens there. And you can, even if someone already is on a mountain, if you have your tent there, you can start taking those tokens off. And uh, underneath, you know, they have random amounts of gold slash points that you can get. And so far, that seems to be my strategy of choice is just mining a whole, you know, moving around, moving my tent around mining a bunch but you know it all scores a little bit differently it's a little bit more take that than regular Carcassonne it's a little bit more random than regular Carcassonne so I think for my board game club kids it's kind of perfect uh, randomness is a nice equalizer because we have a whole lot of different skill levels going on there a whole lot of different age levels so it's kind of nice to have a little bit of you know uncertainty and I don't like a game where I can math out that I'm losing while I play yeah so
0: power grid uh,
1: uh. yeah but i like it it's old westy
0: uh so where would you rank it in terms of like these base versions of Carcazone?
1: well i haven't played south seas
0: uh south but... seas is weird
1: okay it looks weird <laughs> that's why i've never it's played it it's not
0: bad it. you just you collect bananas and fish it's weird <laughs>
1: awesome yeah yeah i think they definitely went uh, the right route with old west uh, okay. but yeah i like i like this one a lot i'd have to play it more i've only played it a couple of times now um but i think i think i like it better than hunters and gatherers but i but i don't think my normal board game people that i play with would would like it better because of the randomness yeah i like the randomness but okay. i don't think that they would so yeah, probably, probably you know, base Carcassonne is below this, but Carcassonne with like a couple of expansions, maybe not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If
1: that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. Cool. I've always, I, I've thought about checking them out. I don't actually own a copy of Carcassone. and oh. because everyone I know has one. So anytime I need to play it, someone's got it.
1: Yeah. You should definitely get, look into Hunters and Gatherers. See if you that's like That's what that. I
0: hear is probably the most interesting. But... Yeah. Cool.
1: That's a good assessment. Yeah. It's ugly though. (laughs) It's ugly? Yeah, I think so. It's one of the ugliest versions of Carcassonne. The Wild West one is pretty, I think.
0: (laughs) Is it better than the Carcassonne snow winter edition?
1: I have that.
0: (laughs) It's so pretty.
1: I like that one. Everything's covered. Gingerbread man expansion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the one I was thinking about getting. but...
1: But that's just regular Carcassonne.
0: I know. But it's, but it's pretty. just
1: different color. Okay. Whatever floats your boat.
0: One of the games that I got to play, this is a game that has, it's been sitting in my mom's house in a in a particular corner of the counter. It's Birds of a Feather, small box card game, and it's just been sitting there for months, months and months and months. And I, I look at it, it's got birds flying around on the cover, nice graphic design, clean looking game. It's a game that I saw proto maybe at Unpub or at a convention or something like that. I saw floating around one time. So it was familiar, and I ju- we just never played it, and I don't know why. Because we finally did play it, and I've played it like six times in the last week. So, basically what this game is, is, a s- it's like a set collection game. You're trying to see the most birds, and the different birds that you see, you will check off um, on the scorecard. So, the way that you see birds is you have a hand of cards that you're dealt, depending on the number of players. Everyone's got the same number of cards. And on your turn, all you gotta do is pick a card and you play it out in front of you. There's different rarities of birds and there's different habitats. So the color of the card tells you what habitat you're in. I'm in the marsh or I'm in the uh, mountains or I'm in the woods. And then there's a little symbol on there that tells me the rarity. This is a common bird, this is a rare bird, this is a, uh, a predator, a bird of prey or something like that. And there's different number of cards in the deck of those types. When you put out a card Everyone puts them out at the same time, simultaneously reveal. You look and see if anybody else is in the same habitat as you. If somebody's in the same habitat, we're both in the forest. We both check off the birds that we both play. So I get to check off your bird and you check off my bird. Then those cards stay out for a round and the next round you play again. So there's basically two rounds worth of cards out on the table and you get to see all the cards in the habitats that you're in. So, if I'm in the forest again, I get to see all the old forest cards and any new forest cards that come out. Once all, you've played all your cards but one, you see who has seen the most birds, and they're worth a different number of points. If you see all the birds in the habitat, that's worth bonus points. Really easy to play, a lot of fun, it plays up to like six or seven players. I think we played it with five at the most, and it was cool. What I found, though, is that it's really accessible. We played it with, you know, the classic non-gamers. My mom, my brother Eric, his girlfriend Bree. um, They just, they like light games. They like, you know, casual games. So I broke out Birds of a Feather. Really good for them. We enjoyed it. What I found, though, is after like five, six plays, I don't think there's as much strategy as I thought. And what I mean by that is every game has ended... Based, the score difference has been based on, well, you got dealt a blue card and I didn't have any blue cards. So I was never able to see that habitat, if that makes sense. Like, if you yeah. don't get dealt a card in, in a certain habitat, you can never see any of those birds. So it's an entire scoring column that you don't have access to. So someone who has all of the colors is at an advantage. And I, that's kind of a bummer because I, I like the game, but I just that's all I focus on when I'm playing is like, I look at my opening hand. I'm like, well, this isn't going to lead anywhere. If I'm, if you're down two colors, you're out. Like, it's just not going to work out for you. So I thought that that well, was kind no of a bummer because otherwise I thought that the game was pretty fun and pretty unique.
1: Yeah. I was just looking through the comments on board game geek and it's pretty well rated. And, and since it's a Kickstarter game, that's not really super common for it to be, you know, yeah, for those yeah. to stay highly rated and uh yeah it seems like everybody likes it as a filler it from what you're describing it sounds like it'd be a good game for board game club
0: i yeah i think so i mean super easy to play i over explained it to you basically there's like two rules you you play a card and you look at the symbol like that's all you need to know yeah and uh yeah i think it's it's probably cheap it's small box card game i couldn't imagine it goes for more than like 15, 20 bucks.
1: Does it feel, like, from what you're describing a little bit, it almost feels like it's scripted gameplay, though, like you're on rails? Uh, Is
0: that... To some extent. Like, the first time we played it and the second time we played it, I was like, oh, look, I'm doing these fun things. I'm saving cards. I'm holding cards back. I'm looking at when to play. Um, And I felt really savvy. And then a couple more plays, I realized, like, somebody in the deck has this card. I will hold my green card until they play their green card. Because... Because you get to see the last turn's cards, I can mm-hmm. wait for you to play that really special card, and then the next turn, I can respond to it. Okay. So, you can't really sneak cards past people that well. You know, you, you've you got that super rare bird, and you're like, I'm just going to hold this, but right. if I play it, and you've been waiting too, you can just be like, oh, okay, I'll play next turn, and I'll make sure I get that bird, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah it was just... I don't know. It lost some of its strategic value to me, or tactical value. That's okay. But that's okay. It's not a problem.
1: It's a light game. It's, you know, sounds like it's the kind of game you can play and not have to think too hard. A good, like, right after work kind of game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Warmed up. I'm happy to play it whenever. I just, that's what I see when I play it, though. That's what I think about. So, but hey.
1: Before we move on to my next game, I think I want to start doing this on the podcast. I just want to give a shout out to Andy Zimis. For the best Board Game Geek comment about this game, he gives it a six, and he says, I enjoy making loud hawk noises, so I enjoyed this game. (laughs) I love you, Board Game Geek.
0: Oh, man. Our user of the day is Andy Zimmers.
1: It's S-Z-Y-M-A-S. I don't know. Zimmers? Zimmers? Z
0: Y Zims.
1: Okay. Well, good job, Andy. That's a funny comment. I enjoyed it
0: uh yeah hawk noise is your way brother uh yeah so what what game are you going to pick next if i'm looking at the show notes and i'm i'm hoping it's one of them
1: <laughs> well um i can talk about viceroy a little bit this is the uh, th- we played three games three longer type games at uh, Panericon, so I'm still, fu- since I've only played them once, fuzzy on rules explanations for it. Here's what I remember about Viceroy.
0: I want to hear this. Yes, go.
1: We got more card tiles here. There, there yeah. are are square cards, but they're much nicer quality and pretty. Way prettier than Patchwork. Although patchwork, Patch History has its own little charm to it. Anyway, um, it's more bidding. also there's there's some bidding in fact i might be getting confused i might be doing both of them like i might have gotten them tied up into one giant game because maybe the bidding was from viceroy i feel so bad right now no
0: no well no the viceroy bidding is the color bidding if you duplicate you throw the bid away and retry
1: yeah okay well in any case you're you're bidding for square cards in this one too yeah and then you (laughs) put those
0: square cards in a Pyramid. in
1: it in a tableau so instead of a square this one's a triangle guys
0: <laughs> a pyramid of power
1: <laughs> and uh the cards have little gem symbols on them and you can match them up to get more of the different uh gems there are four colors of them you use them for things i don't remember what though
0: you use them to activate powers and things yeah and then yeah. everything so- else every other token is a scoring token the other right. fifty tokens are scoring tokens.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's like maybe this is fun for the listeners to hear me try to recall a game that I played once, like, two weeks ago.
0: That sounds a lot like another game you played two weeks ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> In fact, maybe is the game that I played. I think played you just played games. Viceroy
0: twice, Tiff.
1: Yeah, maybe I did. I don't think
0: you actually played Patch History.
1: I'm I'm so sorry, listeners. Just <laughs> Just fast forward through this. Anyway, um, (laughs) Viceroy was fine. That's how I feel about Viceroy. It's fine.
0: Yeah, I think Viceroy is like the perfect game for your deck builder fans, for your like former Magic the Gathering fans, because it's just about making combos. Yeah, it's just a game for people who like to chain things together.
1: Yeah, and that's really satisfying when that happens, but I'm really bad at making yeah, that happen. Yeah, am too. <laughs> so it's not it's not a game for me. It was quick and way more simple than I thought it was going to be based on when you look at the cards and everything. Uh, I just I was like, "Oh man, there's a lot going on here." But it's really there's really not a whole lot going Did on. Did you
0: feel like you never had cards in your hand? No,
1: I didn't feel that I way. I never
0: have cards in my hand.
1: Well, okay, I started the game, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't do that now. I should wait. I want to like do this and line up these gems. And But then at the end of the game, I had that problem where I didn't have any cards. So I don't know.
0: It's, it's, a, it's okay. Whenever I look at it and think about it, I feel like a dog who's confused by human words who just kind of stares and turns their head sideways. Yeah, Like hmm, I did a lot of that. Viceroy, do I like that game? I don't think it's a bad game but I just don't think it's for me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've only played it once, and it was okay, and it went by quick. It fits in that 60-minute, 45-minute time frame that, that I enjoy so much, but I don't know. It's okay. I couldn't that's, connect I, with it. Yeah, that's how I feel. It, it's like kind of abstracty, weirdly yeah. abstract for a game that looks thematic. And I guess maybe that's my problem with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the only other things I played, I well, I played some stuff. But I played a lot of Codenames and Spyfall. Turns out those are fun when you play with the right
1: people. Hey, how do you play those games? Never heard of them. Yeah,
0: yeah. They're great. Uh, we played Spyfall because Bree requested it thinking it was Codenames. Mm-hmm. And we started playing it and she was like, I don't think I've ever played this game. I was like, Yeah, you have. She's like, but there's no words. I was like, Oh, you're thinking of code names, that other spy social game that we play. Uh, so we played both of those. They were fun. But uh, no one needs to talk about those games anymore because we already know how they work. So you've got two minutes to tell me what Trainmaker is.
1: Train Maker is a wild westish themed dice game. It's put your luck uh you have custom dice that you roll and you build a train with them when you build your train you're trying to get the different types of cars in the correct order you have to start with an engine in order to get the symbols um you have to end with a caboose if you get the certain ones that you want you can take a card from the tableau with those matching symbols um you have a hidden goal cards so you're either trying to collect cards to get all six of the different good types i'm gonna go with good types (laughs) isn't this fun where i just make up things for games everybody pretends
0: to play games
1: listen i understand it when i play it and that's all that really counts
0: who knows if you actually played these things
1: all right. So, you're either trying to collect cards to get all the good types or you're collecting cards to meet your hidden goal. Whoever does that first wins. How was it? I like it. It's it's a fast filler. Um I traded for this when I was getting rid of stuff and it was part of a trade for oh, what's that Viking game? Champions of Midgard.
0: Oh, you got rid of Champions of Midgard?
1: Yeah, I did just because my husband hated it, so that means I'll never play it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We can play it on Tabletopia.
1: Okay, uh, I'd be down with that. Um, also, yeah, so I think it's fine. What the thing that's kind of cool about Trainmaker is that in the box, there are rules that use those same components that you can, you, you can add more variant rules to that game. And I do believe there, there's like another game in there that uses those same components or just changes the base game significantly enough. I haven't gotten into that. I've just played the base game, and my board game club kids really like it, so it's cool.
0: Cool. I just remembered something. Hmm. Did you get your Oregon in yet? I did. I got to play it. Did you play it? No. Don't play it too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. No, it's fun. Uh, wild, wild west, old west themed. Uh, some cool like grid. Using cards to make grid coordinates and play little dudes out and score tiles and things like that. It was fun. Just the two players, the board's way too big. So yeah, like I, I was in my corner that. and Dan was in his corner. But uh, it was cool, it was super light. I I the theme does nothing. I don't know why you're into this theme.
1: <laughs> <laughs> have you watched Deadwood?
0: No, I have not.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Is that why I don't Just, get this theme?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I that's what triggered my whole thing. Was rewatching Deadwood, which I do about once a year, because <laughs> I love Deadwood.
0: Uh, okay. Well, yeah. this episode yeah. brought to you by Deadwood. Yeah. Moving so forward, good.
1: there's a lot of swearing, so it's not for the kids. Oh, but it's a it's a great one.
0: We'll put the explicit tag on this episode. <laughs> I don't know.
1: No, 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 no. Well, maybe.
0: Let, I haven't wolf. gotten
1: to my top of the stack. I was going to say,
0: let's talk about top of the stack and see how explicit we get. Uh, first up, Dan did not send us a top of the stack. Do we, do we create one for him that he blows off? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Maybe we
1: should have the listeners tweet Dan's top of the stack at him.
0: Yes. All right, listeners, you out there, you get to pick Dan's top of the stack. This is what happens when you don't show up to record.
1: Yeah, so like all 400 of you, (laughs) we, we need a hashtag. Like, um like slacker tos
0: that's pretty good yeah is that what we do so,
1: so just uh tweet at uh scandalous underscore nad or at league nonsense if you don't want to get personal with or Dan. both <laughs> or both um and, and just hashtag those uh slacker tos
0: slacker tos and we'll yeah. and we'll make Dan the play best one on the show i don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah, just hammer Dan with awful games that he should be playing.
1: Yeah, let's just torture Dan. That's the Well, he,
0: he did play some games, though. Uh, he had Arcadia Quest, Hansa Teutonica, Takedo Collector's Edition, and Metro on his top of the stack for March. I played Arcadia yeah. Quest with him. Uh, I played Metro with him, so I know he played those two. I don't believe he played Hansa Teutonica, and I don't believe he played Takedo. But yeah. that may you know not be
1: hasn't played Takedo Collector's Edition because someone won't send her copy to her.
0: Oh, he's holding it hostage. Yeah. That's problematic.
1: It's not cool.
0: Well, I'll see if I can get a hold of it, and then I'll play your copy, and I'll send Perfect. you a pick. <laughs> One of us has to play it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do. Um, let's talk about the games here. I played some yeah. games. I had Rune Wars, A Few Acres of Snow, Puerto Rico, and Epic, the card game. I played... Two and a half hours of Rune Wars. Does that count, Tiff?
1: How many hours is it supposed to be? I know nothing about Rune Wars. Uh, so is Rune Wars is that?
0: basically the fantasy version of Twilight Imperium.
1: Oh God! It
0: is a massive game that I sprung on Kellen, Dan, and Ben out of nowhere. I just didn't tell them. Um, we got we played two out of seven rounds in two hours with rules.
1: Yeah, I think Dan was texting me while you were playing that.
0: Yeah, he, well, he, I have a text that I will, uh, I can post on Twitter that says, yeah, I would love to play Rune Wars. And then I broke it out and he did not want to play Rune Wars. So I didn't know it what to do. It doesn't
1: really that. sound like his bag.
0: Yeah. Um, we all liked it though. Ben, oh, we, good. Me, me being Ben and uh, Kel, we liked it. I think Dan thought it was okay, but it was just too much game for that period of time. So, um, but I'm going to count it as being played. I know how to play it. I'm going to schedule a game day to play it some more.
1: You probably know how to play that better than I know how to play any of the games that I just talked about. So it's fine. It counts.
0: Yeah. I think you just played, you played Viceroy like six times is what (laughs) happened. So
1: (laughs) yeah. With train dice. Yeah. Uh,
0: I did play Puerto Rico. Not what I was expecting.
1: Oh, bad.
0: No, not not a bad thing, just different than what I was expecting. I didn't know what I was expecting, but mm. I thought it would be heavier? More... Yeah, maybe.
1: That's maybe? what I thought the first time I played it. I had a buddy that was raving about it and like kind of back then that it was like you're not a real board gamer if you don't play Puerto Rico. Yeah. Like when I when I fir- when I was first coerced into playing it and I thought I was going to hate it, but I actually loved it
0: yeah i th- I think it's perfectly fine. I'd like to play it some more. There's clearly some strategy there that I did not do well with um different than San Juan. I like San Juan, but it's different enough that I think that they're both appropriate, yeah, so cool. I'd like to play it some more, but I had never played it, so i got a I got a classic game in and you I played play
1: it online.
0: Oh, we could play it online. You need three people though,
1: yeah, I know a guy
0: you know a guy <laughs> okay <laughs> uh I did play epic card game. I will uh, no longer be playing Epic, the card game. It's so it will. It's just a waste of time. It's kind of. It's not. Uh, no, it's bad. I should just say it's bad. I'm gonna stick to my guns. I. It's by the Star Realms guys. I'd rather play Star Realms. Star Realms is a better game. Better game.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard anyone say anything good about that game, so that's kind of unsurprising, but good for you for playing it even though you knew it was going to be terrible.
0: Played it. wasn't good. I have two uh, starter decks of magic cards that I'll just break out. Anytime I want a magic experience, I'll just play magic because it just, yeah, it was It's it was hard lame.
1: to top magic. You just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know it, why people even try.
0: Yeah, so uh, the, the game that I didn't get to play, so I'm only three for four. I got too ambitious. I didn't get to play A Few Acres of Snow. Read the rules, watched a video, even scheduled a, a time to play with Kel. She said, let's play that game that you have to do for your podcast. And I said, okay, and then she fell asleep, and we didn't play. <laughs> so uh, that will be rolling into my April top of the stack, because I already know how to play it. Um, and it's it sounds pretty cool. I think it'll be fun. Uh, the other games on April's top of the stack. Time Stories Prophecy of Dragons. I really want to play this new setting. For time stories but dan's holding it hostage so i need to like tie him down so i can play it star wars rebellion tiff oh man did i tell you that i bought a game i bought another game
1: oh my gosh you're out of control
0: yeah it was all building up to star wars rebellion i had to finish this whole new year's resolution but since i busted it i got rebellion i'm excited to play it super easy in terms of rules i thought it was going to be way chunkier for like this big box hundred dollar game the board takes up my whole table but, uh, awesome the rules are are super easy i was surprised and the last one i've been playing a miniatures game because i do that guild ball is a lot of fun i love sports miniatures games everyone hates them no one ever wants to play them with me but uh guild ball is a lot of fun and you know you can Sounds wake up now
1: <laughs> awesome I'm it's like really it's basically
0: fantasy themed rugby which is kind of okay. cool you hit people when you score goals. It's, like it's great.
1: Way different than Blood Bowl. It's like it's fantasy themed football, right? Like,
0: yeah, it's like uh, it's basically Blood Bowl. I'm for
1: fantasy tennis.
0: That would be cool. Yeah. You could throw your racket at people.
1: Right. Um, I'm not really looking forward to any of that. Um, fantasy themed sports. What a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah.
0: What I'm realizing. So I've already played Guild Ball. So it's kind of like a it's an extra piece. This month is going to be weird because I'm getting married. I don't know if it's smart to put this many games on my top of the stack. It's
1: not. Why are you doing this to yourself? Because I
0: really want to play games. (laughs) We've scheduled a board game after party for after the wedding. It's great. Oh,
1: that's nice.
0: But I don't know that I'm going to get to play Guild Ball with my family and friends.
1: Well, good luck then.
0: So maybe I should put code names on here.
1: You'll still do better than I will.
0: Always, always. Well, let's hear about how you did with last month and how you're doing with this month.
1: Yeah. Okay, so last month's is a little sad here. Um, in fact, I will be rolling over most of my top of the stack. I only chose three games. I'm pathetic. It's sad.
0: Uh, <laughs> you played so many games, though. You should be proud.
1: I did. I played a lot of games, but here's my theory on why I didn't play my whole top of the stack. Only one of the three games that I chose was Wild West themed, uh-huh. and that's what I'm doing right now. So, uh, Bloody <laughs> Inn did not get played. I read the rules, I had it out on the table, and was dealing or put setting it up, and everybody decided that they were hungry, so we went to dinner, and we didn't get back to it. Uh, <laughs> King of Frontier, still in shrink. Gotta love that. Didn't even get it out of the box.
0: Not good, Tiff, not good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel a lot of shame about it. It's okay. But Legends of the American Frontier, I did get to play. How was it? I like it. A lot. It is, it's definitely more your type of game than it is Dan's type of game because this is a game that, well, it's not dry and boring and, (laughs) (laughs) oh, see, this is what happens when Dan's not here. Sorry, Dan. So, yeah, it, it's, it's very, it's a storytelling game, essentially. You start out, you have a character that you are going to be, and, uh, I was daniel crockett (laughs) and uh you add different throughout the course of the game you can go on these different adventures and there are three locations for the ventures there's back east there's out west and there's the frontier i think those three locations and you can go to those locations and try to do the adventure in order to succeed in the adventure you have some cards in your hand that have symbols that give you you know what you need but you also get to draw cards, you know. So it's 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 a lot like rolling dice. They just replace yeah. rolling dice with drawing cards because it's just adding... You get to add a certain amount of symbols, a certain amount of cards based on what you draw. And um, so you can really luck out and pass something that you had no right passing. Um, your character has skills that you get to start out with. Um, so it's a lot like a role-playing game where mm-hmm. you have stats that you're, you're building up throughout the course of the game and um you know, One character will be stronger in other things and and be better suited to get through that adventure and therefore get victory points and all the different... There are like a million decks of cards. So I'm not even (laughs) going to try to talk about all the different cards. But there are different reward cards. Um, There are hardship cards that even when you complete an adventure and you're successful, you... (laughs) you have these cards that you might have to draw that screw you over so it's very authentic to the frontier experience i mean very oregon trail like how no many dysentery happens,
0: cards are there
1: <laughs> i don't remember what those cards say but they they'll hurt your stats or yeah. they'll make you discard things and and but we had fun with it at the end of the game, you, throughout the course of the game, you're collecting these cards and you're adding to your life. So they add like a little sentence of history. And at the end of the game, you read that out and you kind of, um, connect Ooh. it together and craft this life story. And, and then you can vote on i think the person who who has the best life gets some sort of bonus at the end of the game uh because it's, it's like the or maybe that's how you win the game i don't know it's points based there are points on
0: those cards so there are points though
1: there are points yeah so it, it's mm. about points but um you have like some of the cards have negative like if you if you yeah do certain things bad things I think one of mine was like I let someone die like some choice I made let made someone die so that gave me negative points I actually made a lot of bad choices in Daniel Crockett's life (laughs) but (laughs) what I like about it is it has that storytelling aspect and if you had the right players now I don't know that I had the total right players for it but you could totally role play throughout the game it would be fun to do it that way i kind of did and um i don't know it's just it's it's a interesting way it gave me kind of a taste of what I was talking about um in the previous episode about wanting to get into some role playing. So I was able to flex my storytelling creativity muscles. And, you know, yeah, there was a good amount of randomness. I know that Dan would hate this game. I talked yeah. to him about it. So he agrees with me. I'm not just <laughs> speaking for him. He would hate it because you can totally, even if you have the right stats on some card flips, you might not do well. What? And oh, there's. There's so much I like about this. Richard Launius is the best, guys. (laughs) Um, Some of the adventures I didn't mention, some of them are solo. So whoever has the best uh, card draw, whoever decides to go on that adventure, whoever has the best... I don't even know what you would call that when you have you have your cards and plus your stats, plus the ones that you draw. Whoever does the best wins that adventure. But there are also ones where you can go in together like as a team and get tiered rewards based on that. So there's there's a lot going on, but it's not too complicated. It played pretty quickly and it was fun.
0: So as a board game, you really liked it. Yeah. Is it still like it's still a good game outside of the storytelling and stuff like that? I mean, (laughs) because you said there is like there's points, there's competition. I was just worrying about that system.
1: I mean, you're getting points with through going through these adventures and upping your stats and, and the choices that you're making each round, you're deciding what what to buy with the things that you're getting and and which stats you're going to work on based on the cards that you're getting. And you can trade things and there's a lot in there uh, that feels like an actual board game. So maybe if you're like me and you're really a board gamer and you're not a role playing person, this might be a good step, yeah. I think. Like, it's not a total board game. I think you have to be kind of in, you have to be into this theme and you have to want to tell that story at the end and and just let loose and make something up and have fun with it. But uh, there is some game there. I think the randomness is what's going to turn most of the people I know off on this one. But I mean, if you're playing Richard Lanius games, you're probably used to a good dose of randomness. Yeah. Um yeah. it's it's really more it's probably more about the theme than it is about the game, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm cool with that.
0: So we are one step closer to having the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers uh online role playing group.
1: I want that, but you, you know want who, that? you know who probably doesn't want that.
0: Well, Dan Licata over in the guild was talking about, you know, fiasco, some of the other options that we have for playing and he said he's working on Dan. He said he's trying to get uh
1: Oh yeah. Brother well.
0: Dan to to wear him down a little bit and Brother Dan has expressed some interest before.
1: I <laughs> I talked to we him just about do it. it. Yeah. He did not seem interested. No. <laughs> so, but I I'm game for it. I want to I want to do some D&D.
0: We need players. All right. Yeah. I will I will gladly DM, or maybe there's a seasoned DM out there that yeah, can help yeah. us.
1: Reach out to us.
0: And just not make Tiff uncomfortable. That's the goal is to, well, I guess the goal is to make Tiff uncomfortable.
1: Well, not too uncomfortable, though.
0: But not in a bad way. Tr-
1: yeah, try to gauge your awkwardness versus mine, and if you're about there... I think we can play D and D together if you're right. about the same level of awkwardness as me.
0: So do some soul searching and see where you would fit yeah. in our D and D group. <laughs> <laughs> Tiff will be a bard because it's most appropriate. Okay, that she makes will play perfect sense. a bass.
1: I have a lot of things I could play. So
0: will you be? Will you be a halfling who plays the bass and then hits people with that bass?
1: Yes, that sounds or like amazing. A
0: metal spike on the end of it.
1: Done. Now I got to come up with a sweet character name.
0: Awesome. Tiff, what is, uh, what's going on April's top of the stack? Oh,
1: right. I, I, well, I, did you see how I really stretch out the Legends of the American Frontier? Because my whole top of the stack for April is my top of the stack for March. Um, Bloody Inn, King of the Frontier, and I'm adding Oregon to that, and which is a dangerous game because I know I'm going to play Oregon because it's Wild West themed. The other yeah. two, we'll see what happens.
0: So does this mean that you won't play the Bloody Inn until you're on a murder-themed game spree? <laughs>
1: You know, you could go on a murder theme game spree. There's plenty yeah, of stuff could. out there. Yeah. Add in your yeah, so maybe I don't know. I really want to play bloody, Inn. it just uh, people wanted food more than games. So wow, it happens.
0: You just got to do it. It's pretty easy.
1: Yeah, I, it doesn't look hard. I know the I know the rules, so well, it'll get played eventually.
0: All right. <laughs> All right, so that's our top of the stack. Remember, uh, contribute to Dan's top of the stack by hitting him up on Twitter. And using the hashtag yeah. Slacker TOS and let's see if we can create something terrible for him, or or something <laughs> wonderful. I don't know. It depends on how much we like Dan. I
1: want I want a a dice rolling monstrosity list. Let's something just put D and
0: D on his top of the stack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Done. Oh, he only has one game for next month, and it's D and D.
0: Yep. I'll buy him a handbook. <laughs> All right, Uh, on that note, let's take a quick break when we come back. We're going to go briskly through our top seven two player games, Tiffany, B, and I. Join us for that. All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, Tiff and I are ready and rearing to go through our top seven two-player games, so let's jump right in. Well, do you want to talk about your honorable mentions, Tiff, or save that for the end?
1: Oh, We can save it for the end if you want.
0: All right, we'll save it for the end. So number seven, ladies first. What you got, Tiff?
1: Hive. I love Hive, and uh, it's it's an abstract two-player game. It feels awesome like chess-ish because you have pieces that you're moving and you're trying to trap your opponent's uh, queen bee with all your different insects that can move in different ways. They each have their own special kind of movement. And, yeah, it's a short one. It has awesome, chunky, uh, big light pieces. And, yeah, it's great.
0: It is fantastic. I love Hive, and it's a game that I completely forgot about. Um and should probably be in my honorable mentions. I wouldn't put it top seven, but definitely an awesome game. Chess feel just like you said. Everyone's got their own little movement. There's a couple expansions. There's the mini version, so you can travel with it.
1: I have it all. There, there's the Hive Carbon version. Yeah, if you there's really the like There's the regular black and white. version. You could try to like make it four players if you combine the two play, like the two different Hive versions together. I've seen people talking about that. Yeah. I is cool. Uh,
0: my number seven is a new game that just came, my Kickstarter fulfillment of Apotheca from Knapsack Games. And I was thinking about putting this on there and maybe it's just because it's fresh on my mind, but Cal and I played the prototype a lot that we got. There's a preview on nonsensicalgamers.com if you're interested in finding more out about it and seeing some of the awesome artwork. But this is essentially a two-player kind of puzzle game where you have um, apothecaries that have uh, special powers that allow you to move tiles around on this nine by nine grid. And what you're trying to do is get, um, there's three different colors of potions. You're trying to get those potions in rows or in sets. So three in a row, red, three in a row, blue, three in a row, yellow, super simple, but the different um, individual player powers make it really interesting. It plays up to four, which is still fun, but just as a two player game, I think it's really strong. Brings out some of the deduction and um, bluffing element because some of the potions get played face down. The production value is outstanding. I'm really impressed with this game. Um, just highly recommend it. I'm sure it's going to move up the ranks, probably be in my top um, of 2016. i just really impressed with Apotheca.
1: Wow. I was a little sad that I didn't back that one.
0: Uh, we we will meet up at some point and we should play it. I think you'll probably enjoy it. Super easy okay. to play. So, uh, cool. Yeah. So, Tiff, you're number six.
1: Now, this is another case where I might just, I've been playing this a lot, so it's on the top of my brain, and that is Patchwork. I've been playing it with the app, but I also uh, brought the cardboard version to Board Game Club. I have one student who is really into this quilt building game, so that's cool. (laughs) Um, I won't talk too much about it, just that it's about building the the best-looking patchwork quilt, and you spend time and buttons to do it, and yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: It is fantastic, and you'll, you'll hear more about that from me later, everyone. Oh. Uh, my number six is another game that came out recently and another game that we have a review of on nonsensicalgamers.com. It is Wait Raptor. Wait a
1: second. I'm getting a theme going here. Are, are, are you just picking the top two player games that you have reviewed?
0: Maybe. No. Okay. I am not. Uh, this is just, we've we've had some really good games come out through the site. You guys should read it all the time. It should be your homepage. Uh, I
1: always do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, Raptor is just great. This is, uh, Bruno Cathala game. It's and Bruno Fiduti, isn't it? All the Bruno. Yeah, it's it's Bruno squared. It's got great simultaneous uh action selection through cards. You have a hand of cards. Um, you have a deck of cards that's numbered one through nine. You're picking one of those cards from a hand of three. Um, whoever plays the higher number gets to do a special uh, gets activation points. Whoever plays the lower number gets a special ability, really smart gameplay where the Raptor is trying to save her babies or eat the scientist and the scientists are trying to capture the babies or put the mama Raptor to sleep. Um, crazy theme because Jurassic Park and Jurassic world are awesome movies and more games need to be made about dinosaurs doing awesome things. Uh, so just a lot of fun, really great production value again and really engaging two-player strategic uh, back and forth. I really like Raptor. I think it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I need to check that one out. So One of these days, if I ever get through my top of the stack, I'll look it up.
0: Do you have it? No. Okay, I didn't know if this was no. sitting on your shelf. I'd say break it out immediately.
1: Uh, are these dinosaurs in the Old West, Matt? No. <laughs> so I haven't bought it.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. They, co- I guess they could be.
1: That's the expansion. Work on it, Bruno's
0: let's talk about number five.
1: (laughs) My number five is Jaipur. Uh, this is one of the first two player games that I like super got into. This is one of the few games that I've played so many times. Uh, great lunchtime game. It's just basically hand management. You have uh, a hand of, I think, max hand of seven cards. You're trying to trade with the, the center. There are cards available. There are camels. There are different types of goods. You trade in sets of those for points. And yeah, it's fun.
0: I would consider Jaipur Jaipur probably like a classic game. Like I think it's just going to be revered as a classic two player game. It did not make my list. Although it was, it started out as number one. And I just kind of pushed it down. Because even though I love this game, and it is one of the first games to get me into two player gaming, it's just there's so many other things um, that ended up on my list. But uh, Jaipur is fantastic instead of Jaipur on my list is a game called Nika, which is a game we talked about, I talked about a while ago. This is another Kickstarter game that I backed, Uh, me and my brother Mike both backed it, and we ended up just backing out and splitting it because we had every intention of playing it against each other. It is a Greek-themed game where it's abstract strategy, you are moving troops across a board, and they have unique troop movements where they move either by themselves in a certain direction or they can move as phalanxes as groups and what that allows you to do is create um, you know larger forces stronger forces where you're pushing each other around this map this kind of square board that you're trying to race around and um, just really nice innovative abstract play I love abstract two-player games and provides a lot of um, tactical maneuvering In a really basic gameplay and there are some stretch goal add-ons that I have that I haven't included because I didn't really want to taint the experience yet Because they they give special powers and things like that. I'm really focused on just this very kind of classic feeling, you know uh, Move your troops in their prescribed way very chess feeling um, Kind of abstract strategy game. So I really enjoy it. That is Nika N I K A. number four Tiff
1: um, my number four is Lost Cities. This definitely falls into that like classic two-player game. It's part of that Cosmos two-player series, which I have a lot of those, uh, but this is one of the standouts for sure. Uh, the theme is super loose, but essentially you're going on archaeological expeditions vis-a-vis you, you play a card or oh, and, and draw a card.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> really that, feels thematic.
1: Yeah, yeah. You play a card, you draw a card, but um, you can play the cards to the different piles in the middle, or um, I'm trying to think now how to best. You know what Lost Cities is. If you're listening to this podcast, you better have played Lost <laughs> Cities. If not, Go buy yourself a copy of it. Basically, you're trying to collect cards uh, to get big runs of cards to, to score big points at the end. And there's a lot of good interaction for a two-player game. Like, you're, you're trying to deduce what your opponent is going for, what they have, and not play that out. So it's available for them to get a big score. And I just kind of like that kind of back and forth that you're playing uh, in Lost Cities. I think you agree, don't you?
0: I do agree because my number four is also Lost Cities. This is probably my most played two-player game. It's a game that Kel and Ben will always play together with me. Um, No qualms about it. Like you said, the basic theme of this game is math. I mean, you're just trying to beat your opponent in calculation. And it's a game (laughs) where you have a hand of 10 cards. And even though that seems like so many cards, the majority of the game is just like, how do I make giving up a card the least damaging to my strategy as possible like it's it's filled with so much hand management and really kind of careful decision making it's a very smart game it's a game that can be a little swingy between rounds um and can you can get dealt a bad hand but that's why you kind of play multiple rounds in a, in a full game uh, to balance that out a little bit but uh yeah i just i really like this game they recently reprinted it it's 20 bucks it's a game that should be on everyone's shelves even if you don't play a lot of two-player games this is the two-player game you should be playing uh i guess other than the other three on my list but you know (laughs) lost cities is just super accessible
1: well there's an app for it too so if you wanted to check it out for cheaper than 20 dollars, you could do it via app form that's true yeah it's becoming our
0: resident app gamer tiff
1: I have been playing a lot of apps, that's true. Maybe we need to make a new segment about apps. But, if there's one uh, thing
0: our podcast doesn't have, it's enough segments.
1: Yeah, let's add a couple more. Um, tell me about yeah. your
0: number three, Tiff.
1: <laughs> My number three is Targi. Targi? I don't know. Someone needs to tell me how to pronounce that. But this is a game that I picked up at Origins and uh, when it first came out, and I was very sort of skeptical skeptical about it there were people being like oh you gotta get it you gotta get it and I got talked into it and I'm so glad that I did uh it's a worker placement game which is kind of weird for a two-player game you have a board that is made up of cards and you have your I think You have your workers, three workers that you're putting out, and what happens is once you've put down all your workers, you get to take the actions that you're on, and also uh, in the grid of cards that make up the board, you get to take the action or get the resources that are the intersection of your workers. So it's kind of like super clever and thinky. And as you go through, this robber moves a- around the board and you, he screws you over. And so there are, there are things to plan for. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: The reason why this isn't on my list is because I've only played it once, and while it was a fantastic experience, I just don't have this game yet, and I really want it. I couldn't find it for a while. There's one store that I know has one copy of it, and I just need to buy it.
1: Oh, buy it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, you can play this online. I I know that's on mm-hmm. Yukata because I've played it on Yukata before, but... Uh... It's just great because it feels like... Now, I'm not saying that the games uh, lower on my list are not real games, but Targi feels like a full gaming experience. It really does take an hour to play. It doesn't have that filler feel that, that maybe some of these other ones that I've talked about so far do. Um, it, it's it's a little bit more thinkier, a little bit meatier than than the other ones that I've talked about.
0: Yeah, yeah. For sure. But it still comes in that same tiny box. You wouldn't suspect yeah. it. But uh, I was I was going to speak to kind of the theme of our list. There's something great about filler style, thinky two player games. Like it's just such a beloved genre of game for me or style of game for me. Um, but my number three does branch out a bit from that uh, to full scale space combat. Uh, Star Wars Armada is a game that I got into late last year and I've been having a ball with it. I think it's a fantastic uh miniatures game, you know, I've talked about how I like minis games, but it's manageable. It's not painting and assembling and building and, you know, it's just you get the miles in the box, you stick them on their stands, it's like X-Wing, and you just kind of play. And yes, you're rolling dice, but the movement system has kind of recreated how fleets would move in space really nicely. Um, there's good synergies between squads, it's fun to just try new things, and it's Star Wars which is just the best theme ever. So I I got piles of it right to my right that you can't see out of camera. Um, I I love this game. I think it's a fantastic two-player game, especially if you want something that's a lot kind of chunkier, takes two hours to play a game, um, but you can really dig into some of the, the upgrades and the squad building and things like that. Um, not a game for everyone, for sure, but definitely if you like this style of game, like this is it's just so well done. I really like Star Wars Armada.
1: Yeah, that's not one for me.
0: <laughs> no, it's really not. But I've heard it's that's good. why we do these lists.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, yeah.
0: they'd just all be the same. Another game that I haven't gotten to play, Tiff, you're number two, tell me about it.
1: Are we already on number, two?
0: We're at like number two?
1: This is crazy. Uh Le Phantom de l'Opera is uh Bruno Cathala, Ludovic Montblanc uh, collaboration game. It's a deduction game in the Mr. Jack series. I actually did a Blender video about this on episode 25 and it's it's a great one for two players. It kind of streamlines all the Mr. Jack games into a theme that's a, maybe a little bit more palatable. If, if you're if you have people that might be sensitive to the whole Jack the Ripper, serial killer, murder type theme, um, this is your your you're, you're, one person plays as the phantom, and the other person is trying to catch the phantom before the diva of the opera uh, gets scared away. Essentially, and and you have certain things, certain characters that you can move, have different actions that you can take. It's it's I go into detail in the Blender video, aka just go watch the Blender video episode twenty five. You heard me, <laughs> uh, But it it's like my fate. I it's deductiony kind of ish goodness, uh, asymmetric things going on a lot of fun
0: i've played mr jack and i know there's there's a large amount of similarity between the two um but i know you you favor this one i still haven't gotten to try it but if you don't like the jack the ripper murder theme you can go with the la phantom de la opera kidnapping theme it's a lot better
1: yeah well i the way i think about la phantom de la opera is more like a scooby-doo situation
0: (laughs) (laughs) you blasted kids
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, well, I guess they make it softer by scaring the diva away.
1: Yeah, Where we know how the Phantom of the opera goes. The diva, well, yeah, but most people are uncultured, so it's fine.
0: Oh. Oh. Well, <laughs> we move <laughs> we on to have. my number 2 before the emails start rolling. Uh a game that Tiff already talked about, Patchwork. I think that um this game kind of stole the show in the two-player world last year a little bit uh, longer than that. It's such a good, it's so easy to play, it's got, everyone loves Tetris, it's got the Tetris feel to it, it's got a good puzzle, easy to explain, easy to play, it's got a great app implementation according to TIFF, even though I think that everything's too soft and cuddly in the app.
1: What's wrong with cuddly? You got a problem with cuddles? Yeah, I don't know. I think they have other themes that you can buy. What? yeah i maybe i'm mistaken i feel like i saw a thing where you there are in-app purchases for different themes I, that maybe would be I'm
0: amazing
1: making things up but maybe they have a real manly theme
0: can i make a, <laughs> make a <laughs> That'd space quilt make a space awesome. quilt anyway patchwork is fantastic another two-player game that you got to have on your shelf everyone should be playing two-player games that's what we're learning here today
1: I love two player games. I wish I got to play them more often because literally, when I'm making this list, I had a thousand tabs open on my browser. Like, there are so many two player games. I own a lot of them. Uh, they're great.
0: All right. We made I'm ready. it. Number one.
1: Number one. Okay. So, this is a game that kind of just changed my thoughts and feelings about several games just from playing this one game, and it is Agricola All Creatures Big and Small. Prior to playing this, I hated Agricola. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of things going on, the feeding the people, and, and this makes Agricola a little bit more accessible. And I, I know I've talked about Agricola, all creatures big and small, so I will spare you the um, explanation of it. But it just kind of scales back the Agricola experience, and you're, you're buying tiles Uh, instead of cards it's a little it's in that that little perfect two-player box and it focuses on just the animal husbandry part of the the game and it has an expansion so it's like infinitely replayable because there are new building tiles that you can add to it and it just it really clarified for me what i liked about agricola and what i didn't like about agricola and Going on to Caverna, what I what I ended up doing is saying, oh, I actually do like Agricola better, but this is my favorite form of farming in gaming, is Agricola All Creatures Big and Small.
0: Excellent. I still have not played this game. I don't know what I'm doing over here.
1: You're a real disappointment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, ra- disappointment. I feel like
1: I've raved about this game, right?
0: You have. You have. We had all yeah. segment on it. You can go listen to uh, the... As a on a filler feature, I don't yeah. know what episode number, so start at one and listen until you find it.
1: Don't start at one. Start at two.
0: Three, actually, start at three. Listen until All you right. find it. All right. Uh, <laughs> What's yours? But the disappointment keeps coming, Tiff, because you know my number one two-player game today is your <laughs> is your favorite game.
1: <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna nod off while you talk about this. I had
0: to go with my gut feeling for my number one two-player game, so i i picked Tosh Kalar. okay i love Tosh Kalar, tiff it's an abstract strategy game where you pick you know it's got theme in that you pick your race you're the the elves and their tree powers or you're the demons and their fire demony powers
1: yeah that sounds good
0: and then you just forget about the theme and you play an abstract game yeah that where doesn't you're moving sound pieces good. around the board blowing people up um, you can play the, the achievement mode where you're trying to just complete goal cards, which is a little less contentious, you're, you're not hurting your opponents as much, or you can play that competition, try to blow up their pieces mode, so it's got some versatility. This game is horrible at three and four players. I hate it at three and four players. It is fantastic at two players. It's I, I really enjoy the game, um, and so much so that I keep trying it at more players because I want to play it so often. And I keep regretting it. But either way, Tashkalar and both of his, its expansions by Vlad Shavado is my number one two-player game. And definitely one that I think everyone should play. And Tiff is tired of hearing me talk about it. Mm. So Different
1: strokes for different folks, <laughs> is what we call that.
0: Well, we had a couple of honorable mentions. And I think that anybody who knows the show, knows me, might be asking why in the world isn't Netrunner my number one two-player game. That's what Aren't I was you expecting. wondering that, Tiff?
1: I was expecting it.
0: I took it off because it has an unfair advantage by being the greatest game ever. Oh, God. So I felt like it was inappropriate and anticlimactic for people to listen to this list and then get to my number one and realize that, oh, yeah, we get it. The game that should be number one on BGG is also Matt's number one two-player game.
1: So what you did was you replaced the obvious frontrunner for the list with an abstract strategy game. Yes. With no theme. Okay. All right.
0: With some theme.
1: No. Th- Tiny
0: okay. bit of theme.
1: The littlest bit of theme.
0: <laughs> but I also had some other two-player games that I really liked. I really like Traders of Osaka, too. I love Five Tribes at 2. That's its best player count. I really like Letters from Whitechapel at 2. three's okay, but 2, I mean, it's basically a two-player game. You just let someone help you if you play with more. And I mentioned it before, I like San Juan at 2. I think that, well, because it only plays 2. So those are some of my honorable mentions.
1: Yeah, I, uh, for this list anyway, I didn't even think about games that I like playing at 2 because I own so many two-player games, like, if I'm playing a two-player game, it's probably out of the Cosmos series or a mm-hmm. dedicated two-player game. Uh, speaking of Cosmos series, uh, Balloon Cup is one that I enjoy. Occasionally it can be broken. There are some problems with it, which they fixed in a subsequent version, but I like my original Balloon Cup. I like that theme. It's kind of not that thematic, but uh, it's cute. Uh, Tides of Time, which is a, a very quick, very simple drafting game yeah drafting game
0: two player drafting
1: yeah you don't see that very often so i think it's kind of innovative and it's pretty um morels is about mushrooms that's all i need to say about that it's a fun one and two more the duke
0: which you should like i love the duke the The duke's fantastic
1: the duke is great and i couldn't leave out bottom of the ninth because hey i'm in it it
0: it (laughs) is Her other honorable mention is also Brewcrafters at two.
1: <laughs> at two, yeah. Brewcrafters at two is great.
0: Yeah.
1: No, uh, Bottom of the Ninth is a fantastic game, and if you're a baseball fan, everyone that likes baseball and likes board games should own Bottom of the Ninth. So hundred percent. We did it.
0: We made it through. We just we we just chatted up. We
1: did. Love to gab
0: on on this yeah. show with it when it's just you and me.
1: We don't need Dan to fill out an hour and a half. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you all for joining us for episode 42. It was a little longer than usual, but we made it through. If you ever want to reach out to us, you can do so on Facebook at the League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Find us on BGG Guild number 2077. Join the conversation. Come, uh, let's start a thread and find some D&D players or, or some RPG players, or ask for a couple of geek gold for a tiny Meeple Shield micro badge. Join us on YouTube for our live shows or to watch the recordings and check out uh, Tiff's Blender segments and her uh, Ask Inept Gamer segments. You can also shoot her an email if you'd like to have your question answered on the YouTube at askineptgamer at gmail.com. Shoot her an email. Uh, Or head over to Instagram, check out our pictures on there, over 750 posts, something like that. Use hashtag NonsensicalGamers. Leave us an iTunes review, we would love to hear what you think about the show. Or, chat with us personally on Twitter. Tiff, how do they find you?
1: I am at IneptGamer.
0: Dan, if you want to get personal with him, is at Scandalous underscore Nad, or check him out on the League's handle, at League Nonsense. Be sure to tweet him hashtag Slacker TOS and tell them about his top of the stack. And you can find me at Cinnamon Buns spelled phonetically. We made it through. Thank you all for joining us. Catch us next week for broadcast News and hopefully a little bit of Unpub6 News. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>